I'm Molly, your host today, and thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness, where we're having conversations with people who have walked out of various mental health issues and into freedom. Today, we'll be hearing from Tabitha and her walk out of low self-esteem. Tabitha has a background with a bachelor's in special education and is currently the worship co-director for No Boundaries International and has served with them for the last 13 years. She's a real heart for people who are hurting and uses her gifts to help people find freedom in Christ. Hi friends, I'm Molly. Thank you for listening. I'm here with our Relief from Darkness teammates where we're continuing our conversation that's really exploring how we can walk in freedom from mental illness and distorted thought processes. We're tackling everything from suicide to depression to eating disorders and everything in between because we know that if you can change your brain, you can change your life. So today we have Tabitha and she will be discussing low self-esteem and really hearing about her experience and how that altered her relationships with others and her relationships with Jesus. And then we have our very own brain nerd, Dr. Lori Basie, (laughs) and she'll be here to help with our brain dump. And then we have our friend Carly, who will be helping facilitate questions. So with that, Carly, can you give us a little bit more insight about what low self-esteem is? Yes. Low self-esteem is pretty rampant today. It's when someone has a lack of confidence in who they are or what they can do. Mm. So oftentimes, people with low self-esteem may doubt their decision-making processes. They might be really easily wound by other people. Yeah. And often they also have a harsh inner critic. So rather than focusing on growth or improvement – it might more so look like focusing on not trying to make a mistake. So the emphasis is there. But we have Tabitha today, who we're so excited to have on the show and just want to hear insights from you, Tabitha, on low self-esteem and your experiences. Yeah. So I was trying to think over my childhood. I don't really have a pinpoint of where it all started. I just remember having the thoughts of in order to protect myself um, or to have control, I needed to manipulate things or people. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the world, it was just fed into me. So I had it described to me once. It's like we're all computers and messages are constantly typed into us. And it's uh, we have um, the right to interpret things different ways Mm -hmm. by our beliefs. And so it just every message that was typed into me, I interpreted as world is scary. People are scary. I got to protect myself. If I only do good, then I'm, I'm a good person. Or if I don't do what my brother and sister did, then I'll be good. And I'll, I'll, I won't get in trouble or just situations like that. And so looking back into it, um, I can even remember how it just, as a kid, it even affected relationships by, um, I lived in the same house, almost my, for a very long time. And every friend that I made on our street would eventually move away within a year or two Mm -hmm. of me making them. Mm -hmm. And so then I was taking the message that was being typed in as it's your fault that they're moving away. You're not a good friend. And so 
that's what just the lies that I started to believe is that I'm not worth having a friend, I guess. Or uh, if I'm going to have a friend that I need to make sure that I can control them and I can that that I can control the situation to where I'm always safe or I'm just going to submit to them, whether they're nice or not. I'm just going to lay low, make sure that I don't get in their way, but I, they'll still be my friend. And so just the the mindset of um, if I'm okay, if I'm looking inwards, then I, I can, I can control, I can, I can make sure that I'm safe. So, um, by the time I was in middle school, um, I just, I remember having the thought of my whole purpose in life is to be hidden, is to be invisible. If I can just make it through not making any ruckus, not making any waves in the pool for say, um, then I can stay safe and I know that I can get through life. And so then around that time is when I really, um, from a friend was, I was introduced into Jesus. So as I, growing up, I knew of God, but I really didn't have a foundation of who he was. I just, again, the, the thoughts of if you're good, then you'll go to heaven. Yeah. You'll be all okay. You're all okay. So, yeah. um, started going to church and then really just I was like, okay, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. But then still having that old mindset of, um, okay, I got a relationship with Jesus and I'm just, I'm going to serve as much as I can because mm-hmm. that's doing good and that's going to get me to heaven and I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Um, but again, it was all consumed by me looking at myself instead of looking at him. Oh, yeah. And so then fast forward to um, my freshman year of college, I went to a, a Christian school and we had, were required to go to chapel every week. And so it wasn't until my second semester I realized there's a missions chapel. And so I'm, I'm going to church all the time. They talk about missions, but I wasn't really sure what exactly what it was. And so um, I ended up starting to go to, to missions chapel. And just something in my heart ignited um, for I've always wanted to travel. But then the, the thing that I interpreted is that the world is unsafe and mm-hmm. you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so um, just thinking into that. And so um, after that semester, um, actually that summer, uh, the church that I was attending, I was also a youth leader at um, our pastor invited a missions organization in and um, they took us on a mission trip to Mexico. And so I was a servant, uh, performance-based acceptance, because I'm looking inward. And if I look okay on the outside, then I'm okay, and people are going to like me. And so I just served. Um, I even had some team members from that team later on tell me, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know your name Mm -hmm. the entire trip. And it was like a week, week and a half. And so um, we did devotions every morning, worship every morning. And so the last day, we were in the middle of worship, and one of the team leaders kind of singled me out, but it was Jesus and, and um, said, I, I feel like the Lord wants you to, to really take a position in, in leading worship in front of thousands. I just see a picture of you on stage leading worship in front of thousands. And I was like, um, inside, my internal thoughts were, uh, you are crazy because <laughs> there is no way in the world that you're going to get me on front of people on a stage doing music stuff. And so as a coping mechanism as a child, I really got into music. And so carrying around one of those Walkman cassette players in elementary school <laughs> oh, and then wow. transitioning into CDs. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. She's old. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, that, that was my, my coping mechanism. My, my, I guess getting away from the world or getting yeah, away from my thoughts. Yes. Yeah, my escape. And so, um, I was like, I love music. I just got a guitar for Christmas a couple years ago, but I have no idea how to play it. So maybe, um, you can give me guitar lessons. So I was like, okay. So, um, this, the leader, I was like, okay, after we get back, uh, we'll set up a time you can come and do guitar lessons. And I was like, okay. And so we get back from the trip. It was amazing. I mean, my eyes were open. I really mm-hmm. felt like the Lord, like just opened something new in my heart, but I didn't completely understand it. And so, um, went over, did guitar lessons and, um, she was like, okay, so we're going to play this song. We have the sheet music in front of us or the chords in front of us. And we're going to play this song, but I've been told from everyone else that I'm not allowed to sing. So you're going to have to <laughs> sing. And I was thinking, nope, I ain't singing. Um, but somehow I, I probably was so introspected and so crazy. My Amalong and Ding Dong was way out of yeah out of space that I don't really remember what happened during that time. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I kind of, but I didn't physically black out, but I just don't remember any of uh-huh. it. Yeah. But I ended up singing to try to keep in the song that we were playing. And the other people that were there, they said they came into the room and they're like, um, were you guys listening to the radio or something? Wow. And we're like, no, she was singing. I was like, okay. So just from there, um, mm-hmm. I was kind of tricked into leading worship. Not tricked, but I really was pushed out of my box, out of the the introspection and out of um, just really pursuing what the Lord had for me. And so it really wasn't... Um, until I was introduced into a community of believers who were really calling me out mm-hmm. in what God has called or the the calling that God's put on my life yeah. Yeah. Um, to where I really could start seeing outside of myself. Mm, that's so good. It's like you were no longer invisible yeah, and you couldn't hide anymore. Especially if everyone's coming in asking if they have the radio on. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Dr. Lori, can you give us the brain dump? Absolutely. I think it's really interesting talking about this. And, you know, the opposite side of the coin of low self-esteem or self-rejection is actually arrogance. And the common denominator in both of those things is pride. Because we make it all about us. I can't, or I'm all that in a bag of chips, or I'm not. And and so it's that, again, back to the navel gazing. And so instead of knowing whose we are and what Jesus put inside of us and then who we are and then what we're called to do, and we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses, I would be one that wasn't allowed to sing in public, even though I wouldn't mind. And so <laughs> in... <laughs> In fact, I, you guys Same. want me to do just a little something no, right now? That's okay. Okay, okay. back worry. on to. And so <laughs> so if we realize our strengths and function in our strengths and we will realize our weaknesses and function and don't function or have others that will come alongside with that and not make everything about us. Because it's, again, not what I am just being good enough to do or not just being bad but actually unplugging from doing and the tree of knowledge of good and evil and plugging into the tree of life. And if we don't 
have a good foundation or if we're insecure or if we're arrogant, then from a brain perspective, we need to ask ourselves who taught us to be so self-absorbed. And we all are self-absorbed naturally, but when we surrender and when we die to ourselves, and we invite the son of the living God to rule and reign in our life, not as a democracy where he doesn't just look like us and act like us, but when we truly surrender, we start to look like him, then things should change. And then our value is based on him and what he's done and then utilizing and working with him in the strengths that he's given us. And when we start to then look down and navel gaze, then we say no, because again, that's the familiar pathway. That's the tendency and the norm of what we would do based on the things that we were taught and we have to retrain our brain. So back to the CPR of low self-esteem. I need to connect. I need to do my part. I need to know that it's not about just looking at me and being so paralyzed that I can't or being so full of myself that I can't. I need to know the psychoeducation that if I have a tendency to be self-absorbed and not and to retreat or to be to be invisible or to not utilize my gifts, that's incredibly selfish and that that's how my brain is trained and I need to retrain my brain and go ahead and do it afraid anyway. I think about Tabitha and her actually then being on stage and I've actually witnessed her being in front of hundreds and thousands and as soon as she starts making it about her, it changes everything. But if she's worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, then she can do that effectively. But initially up on stage, then her amygdala is more than likely going to fire that fight, flight, or freeze. <laughs> remember the time when she told you she didn't remember when she actually <laughs> sang? And so you go ahead and you push through and you tell your brain, I'm in charge now. This is now. That was then. And then I establish a routine where I don't make it about me, where I make it about actually the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in me and through me, and I do the best that I can. And so I find that this works a lot better than even if you would Google the seven steps to increase my self-esteem. Mm. <laughs> That's good. So Tabitha, in hearing all of that and thinking back on your own story, it seems like this was years in the making. Of, of you recognizing the insecurities yeah. that you had. So what would you say to the person who, who feels hopeless, like always feeling insecure and don't know how to find security? Yeah. So a couple of things that I was really thinking through is it made a huge difference once I got into a community of believers mm-hmm. that could see what I was called to do and that can continually say, hey, this is what this is your goal. Yeah. Instead of me getting so focused on myself of, I just want to be invisible, but, but okay. So I have, and then with that, with a a community around me, with um, being able to just be continually reminded about that, then having those individuals that I grow a relationship with, with Christ in the middle of it, and then being able to say, okay, real or not real. Um, I'm having this thought right now. Is this real or not real? Mm-hmm. But then also thinking through, it really wasn't until I um, just saw 
who I was in Christ or knew who I was in Christ. And so being able to have that realization of I have everything that I need in him and that I don't have to strive. I don't have to try to make things happen. I don't have to, I, 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 that as long as I'm focused on him, keep my eyes focused on him and know that he has a great plan for my life. He has everything written out and I don't have to worry about it. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. It's like this place of vulnerability that was met with the security and the perfect peace and the acceptance that you had been looking for. Yeah, yeah. All the desires that I need, everything that I need, security, comfort, safety, mm-hmm. connection can be found in him. And mm-hmm. it started with that surrender of self, Yeah, that surrender of that inward looking of it's all about me mm-hmm. and transitioning mm-hmm. it to who it's really about. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, and I think even just as adults, we can be pretty harsh on ourselves about needing people or needing acceptance. And yes, there's there's a threshold of being overly needy when it's not healthy, but there is a level of us needing community. And I think it would be just insightful to hear from you, Dr. Lori, about like as infants forming healthy attachments, how does that even continue to grow and relate to us as adults in our insecurities, forming those healthy connections with others, really as a tool for our own growth and empowerment, but bringing value to others. So if you think about it, really, when you pop out of your mama, literally, when you're delivered, you have to, for the first five, six, seven, eight years of life, you literally are totally dependent upon somebody else to take care of you. And then as you start to grow and progress from there, then you're able to to take care of yourself and become more independent. But if your needs weren't met back then, then you can't connect and you can't relate to others. You don't attach or you don't become interdependent. You don't share what you have and you don't receive what others have in a mutual exchange in relationships. And so as a result of needs not being met, there's actually attachment issues and 50% of the world has insecure attachment. And so in the midst of that, we have to connect. And as we connect together, then we can learn to depend upon each other. But then I think one of the best things that we could do is be to be saved from ourselves then we realize what we can bring to the table and we actually share what we have and not make it all about us. And so in the midst of connection and attachment, as I connect with the one who created me, Mm -hmm. as I realize I need to have interdependent relationships with others, then I can then in a safe community take what I've been given and the strengths that I have and I could utilize that to add value to others and I can share the gift that I have with others like Tab used for the example of her ability to worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Tabitha, if you could give just one takeaway or one thing that you'd really want our listeners to grasp onto that might be struggling with low self-esteem or something similar to yours, what would you say? Yeah. So a verse that I've always loved, so I love the Passion Translation um, just because they elaborate so much. And then it just it's just in plain language that yeah. it's easy to understand. And so it's Hebrews 2, 18. And it just says, He suffered and endured every t- test and temptation so that He can help us every time we pass through the ordeals of life. Mm-hmm. And then in this, in the footnotes of it, it says that the Aramaic translation is so that He would be the nurturing Lord. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing that 
I mean, he's, he's nurturing. He has everything that we need. Every desire. He is the desire of all the nations. Every desire that we have can be found in him. No matter what's going on around us, no matter what's going on the inside of us, um, and then again, just the stress of community, yeah. of people who are calling out stuff in you, uh, of what God's called you to do, because you can get caught up in a community that's not mm-hmm. um, that feels or feels safe, but they're not really pointing you towards Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, just finding a community of people that are pointing you continually back to your original destiny of what you were created for and then just knowing who you are in christ is Mm -hmm. essential that's everything Mm -hmm. so good thank you so much yeah dr basie yes any takeaways well i think it's really good what tab said is that we have to then connect and the beautiful thing about a community is is sometimes we're we're unaware And so the only thing that's worse than being a dysfunctional mess or a dysfunctional, low self-esteemed mess is being a dysfunctional, low self-esteemed mess in denial. And so a community will actually hold up a mirror and reflect back what it's like to be on the other side of us. And then when we see that reflection, if we can then just be so saturated and full of Jesus, again, if I know whose I am, then I'll know who I am. And then I can use the strengths that he's given me to advance the gospel of the kingdom and become part of the body of Christ. And then I'm saved for myself and I'm not as selfish as I'm doing things outside of myself for others. Okay. So what I'm hearing is basically we all need healthy communities. Mm -hmm. We need the body. We need each other to tell us what it's like to be around us and to call out the things that are in us that we might not even know are there because we get in a healthy community that'll help us change our brain. And if we change our brain, we change our life. (laughs) Awesome. So thank you guys for listening. And until next time, this has been Relief from Darkness. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.